Okay, are you guys going to be a good group today? So you're going to nod, you know, say yeah, yeah, okay. So before we talk about what we're going to talk about, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. If you're into, like, the Enneagrams or personality tests, I'm an INFJ, which is one of the rarest ones, but all my friends are INFJ, so I don't get that. And then I'm a type one, which means I'm super competitive, like really competitive. I'm very organized and I do not like it when things are not perfect. But so the Lord has like worked on my heart. So totally. But coming from Huntsville, I was like the most adventurous person. You know, if we played a board game together and I wasn't winning, I have flipped the board many times where I'm like, I put too much energy in this. I don't care anymore. Flip. We're done. But Coming here, the first few weeks, I went on a hike with Erica and Alejandra, and man, I'm nothing. <laughs> and we went to the Buttes. They took me to the Buttes. It's like a half a mile up. We got a quarter of a mile up. I broke down, started crying. It was like, God brought me all the way to St. Angelo to die on a hill. Really, God? Seriously. And so I was like, I'm not going anywhere. You can, you guys can go ahead. And then Erica's like, no, you're going to do it. And then Emily's like, you got this. You got this. Let's do it. <laughs> and I'm like, no, get away from me. But Erica's like shoving my butt up this mountain and then we make it to the top. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't get down. But we made it and it was awesome. And we had tea and maybe a mild concussion. I'm allergic to everything here. Broke out in hives. You know, you name it. Anyways, so you guys, you know, I'm not as adventurous. I'm a baby. I'm not that competitive. I'm not that hardworking compared to y'all. So thanks for teaching me. So today, today I want to talk about the hindrances to prayer. Do you guys ever pray and it's like, okay, God's not hearing me or he's not answering me or nothing's happening, right? Have you guys ever had that happen to you? Yeah. So we're going to talk about how to hear God again and how to get through those hindrances. But before we do, I want to talk about what prayer is. So if you guys were at Altitude and you went to James's session, he talked about prayer. And he said prayer is an experience to be had with God and a work to be done for God. So let's make that word experience a relationship. So prayer is a relationship. Ravenhill says it like this. No man is greater than his prayer life. If prayer is a relationship... It's time to DTR, define the relationship if you've never been in a relationship before. That's what that means. <laughs> so, do, how much time do we spend cultivating our relationship with God? How much time do we spend going on coffee dates, long walks, looking into each other's deep eyes, saying I love you? Do you do that with God? Because you should. So the picture of Jonathan and I, Jonathan's my husband, he's awesome and amazing and so great. I love you so much. Anyways, picture us in our marriage. What if he never spoke to me? What if he never told me he loves me? What if he never looked me in the eye? What if he only wanted my money and just, just taking my credit cards, taking my checkbook, wiping my accounts? That's terrible. We never communicate. It's, that's, ter- that's not a relationship, right? That is not a relationship at all. So it's safe to say if we don't communicate with the Lord, if we don't have a relationship with God, we, we're, not, we're not in a relationship. Do we even know him? Yeah. Do we tell him we love him? Yeah. Okay, but what if you do? What if you say, God, you know, like sometimes I pray to God and I've gone on those long walks and I've looked him in his eyes and 
his eyes are always glazed over. I feel like he doesn't hear me. I feel like he doesn't love me. Then what? You know? So I think the thing that we need to do is ask God for his character and his desire. So you, you basically, you make time for what you care about. So if you don't care about the Lord, you're not going to make time for him. And if you don't like the things that he like, you, you don't really love him. Because if you're not actually pursuing him, there's no point. So before we start, I want to pray that the Lord would just reveal his heart and character to us. Father, we just thank you for this night, and we just thank you for moving in our lives and just moving in worship. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here. And I pray as we continue to learn about you tonight that you would reveal your heart to us. Lord, would you show us your character and help us to desire you more, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, prayer also is transformational. So when you are in a relationship, it's beautiful. It's two ways. It goes both, both ways. They, they work on your heart. You work on theirs. And the Lord, when he answers our prayers, sometimes he does it with the hope that we would be wooed to desire more of him. So you guys ever, ever pray, and then God answers it, and he's like, come on, come on. Like, just a little bit more. You want a little bit more of me? Come on. Like, come to me. He says, oh, that my people would return. For rest, to give thanks, to spend time with me. He waits eagerly for us, and he will literally do anything to have communion with us. God wants our hearts, and you don't have to empty out your soul. What does that mean? Works without heart is empty toil to the Lord. There's nothing that you can do to make him love you more, and there's nothing that you can do to make him love you less. He already loves you as much as he ever will. So... As we pray and we start praying, we, get, we start desiring what God desires. We start to love what he loves and we start to wish for what he wills. But at the same time, when we're praying and we're communing with the Father, we actually can change his heart. So you, you ever pray, okay, so say you go to Roses after Kalfa and you're like, I forgot my wallet. I'm really hungry. God help me. And then someone taps your shoulder and like, hey, I got you tonight. And you're like, thank you, Jesus. You're so amazing. And then other times you're praying... God, I wish my uncle would stop abusing my niece. Or God, I wish my mom would get healed of cancer. And you're like, God didn't hear me. He's not listening. And sometimes you have to actually pray and pursue the Lord. And it's not going to come easy. Jacob wrestled with God. And he said, I will not leave until you bless me. You can break my legs. You can break my hip. I don't care. I'm not leaving your presence until you show me that you love me. So sometimes we have to do that. My friend Borum says it so well. He says, it is clear from all of this that we can have as much of him as we will. If he leaves us, it's because we are quite willing that he should go. On his side, there is always the willingness to stay and stay and stay. I'll say that again. On his side, there is always the willingness to stay and stay and stay. Having loved his own, which are in the world, he loves them until the end. So ask him to abide, and his divine heart will instantly and eagerly respond. Those who are without his presence are those who do not desire his presence. We can always have him if we will. Dang, that's good. If you don't want him, you don't have to have him. But if you want him, you will have him every time. So if we can have him... And we're spending time with him, like, and still nothing's happening. 
glazed eyes, I don't feel loved, what? So there's something else in the way. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Hindrances to prayer. The, the thing that keeps us from encountering God the most, I hate to say it, is us. So sometimes we get close to God and we're afraid of what comes out. When you, know, when you become a Christian, it's like, I gave my life to the Lord. I gave him everything I have. Then your car starts breaking down. You fail your classes. Your parents get a divorce. Like Everything that can go wrong can, can, just keeps going wrong, right? So when we moved here, literally everything went wrong. <laughs> we literally had no AC for a whole month. It was awful. It was so bad. Anyways, it's great. It's great. It's so cold now. But it was like one thing after another that would happen. And then, you know, I got sick and then the hives and itching and it's just so bad. And I'm like, God, didn't you call me here? What, like, what's going on? Anyways, so the closer we get to God, sometimes the harder our life gets. But we have to understand that one lifetime with God is better than a hundred lives with a hundred percent circumstances. So it's like the Lord didn't say our life is going to be easy, but he did say he would do it with us. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's hard or if it's easy. You know, take your blessings where you can. But Jesus is with us, and that's all that matters. Yeah. So if you haven't read this, uh, it's an article. It's called Others May You Cannot. So good. It's maybe three minutes to read it, but it'll literally put you in your place and say, like, okay, some people have money, some people don't. Get over it. That's <laughs> so pretty awesome. Okay. So hindrances. The first one, selfishness. James 4.3 says, you ask a misc that you may spend it in your pleasures. A selfish purpose in prayer robs the prayer of power. The true purpose of prayer is for God to be glorified in the answer. So I have two examples. First one, missionary dating. Okay, you don't know what that is? When you are a Christian and you say, like, oh, man, he looks so good. But he doesn't love the Lord. I saw him at the club. And you're like, I'm a small group leader now. What do I do? But I really want this guy. I really want to date him. That, and you're like, God, just can you just say the name of Jesus? If he says the name of Jesus, okay, he'll be accepted. And then I can bring him to Chi Alpha, And then people would be like, oh, he's working on it. He's working on it. It's like, no, that's a good prayer. But that's not, that's not going to be answered by God. The, the real prayer is... Lord, I see that soul, whether he comes to Jesus with me or without me, it's worth it, you know? Or like small group. You're leading a small group and you're like, God, we need a revival in our small group. I only have two deep. We, we need more than two people. Like, come on, Lord, like, shake this campus. And the only reason why you want to shake the campus is so that you can look good and have 20 people in your, in your small group, right? Isn't that crazy? God's not going to answer that prayer. But if you say, God, your will be done, no matter who they go with, as long as they're following the Lord, that's all that matters. Yeah. It's, it's such an eye-opening thing. So selflessness. Coming from a person who I just like everything so particular, that's like the hardest thing for me. But anyways, second one, sin, the big S word. Isaiah 59, two, your iniquities have separated you from God. And your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. His ear is just as open, his hand is just as mighty, but our sin gets in the way. Uh, There are two types of sin that I'm going to talk about. There's more, but I'm just going to talk about two. Omission and commission. So commission is 
I'm an American Eagle, and I didn't get paid yet. I don't get paid till the 8th. This dress looks so good on me. I cannot wait till the 8th, so I'm just going to put it in my purse. I know that is wrong, but I'm going to take it anyway because I don't care. It's for me. That's commission. I know exactly what I'm doing, and I know that is wrong. Omission, though, that one, that's where our light is more frequently lost. It's not just a, oh, you're out of God's favor. It's more like a gradual, you have a candle that's gradually getting dimmer and dimmer until the light is gone completely. And that type of sin, basically, if you neglect prayer or you hurry over the things of the Lord, Mary Gotcha says, good is the enemy of best. So you're doing all these little things, pitting out all these little fires, these urgent fires, still really important, but they're not the fire. They're not the most important one, and it's not the one God asked you to do. And that's what actually causes you to come further away from the Lord faster than the other. So this thing, this wrecked me, and I can't paraphrase it, so I'm just going to there's, there's this book by John Wesley, or it's a compilation of all of his sermons that have to do with prayer. I have it. I have one copy. So if this sermon touches you and you really want this, it's so quick. You can have it. But the only string attached is that you would give it to someone else after. Anyways, he says, Another neglect which brings darkness to the soul of a believer is not rebuking a neighbor. When we see him in fault, but we suffer sin upon him. By neglecting to reprove him, we make his sin our own. We become accountable for it. By thus grieving the spirit of God, we lose the light of his countenance. Understand, you have to rebuke in the spirit of gentleness. I like an argument just as anyone else. But when you argue someone, you can win the argument, but you'll lose the soul. So without gentleness, like, there's no point. So there's this, um, Sean Smith, he's awesome. Sean Smith, if you ever listen to this podcast, ASU wants you, you should come here immediately. So Sean Smith came to Huntsville, and I, that whole month, I had not, I became nocturnal. I hadn't slept at night at all. I slept in the daytime only, and then at night I sat in my room with my lights on. And so, um... We went to church that day. We went to Kyle and Sean Smith was there. He started prophesying and doing all this stuff. And then he was like, someone's not sleeping at night. And I was like, I'm not going to tell people my business. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to stand up. So I just like, I sat there. And then he said, someone can't sleep at night. And then they also feel like something's on top of them. And someone's choking them. And I was like, ah, oh, really, God? And so, okay, no, I lived with my small group leader. Well, I was a small group leader, but I lived with her. And then we had another small group leader in the house and another small group member. So I stood up, and then the next section, my small group leader stood up. And then in the balcony, my other roommate stood up. Other balcony, my other roommate stood up. We have been suffering the same thing for the whole, I don't know how long, but we had all been suffering this thing. So... He delivered, like, he prayed, the Lord delivered us. It was awesome. But the thing I didn't realize until I read that quote was um, I had neglected to rebuke my sister. So Sonia and I, my small group leader, we had two girls that were there. They started getting into nude modeling for the art department. And so, I mean, in and of itself, it's not terrible, but, like, someone has to do it. 
but they did it. They did it for the wrong reasons. If you're an art major, you have to do it. Anyway. Like you have to draw it. It's like it's fine. But anyways, they did not have to like do that. They just went out of the way to find the thing to be a nude model to show the world their bodies. And so Sonia and I talked about it, and she's like, "Wow, we can't say anything. We get they do them, we do us." And it's like, okay, we agree to just like kind of skirt around it if someone wanted to talk about it just like yeah i'm gonna go over here so because we didn't actually tell them we didn't share with them hey the lord wants you to be better than this like be better than that we suffered the weight of their sin all together and we all were like under oppression for so long and it, all it took was a quick conversation and that like after that night they were done like we could have been freed from that months before so this is the thing. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. We need each other to speak into the lives of each other in the spirit of gentleness. But understand, just because you're a small group leader doesn't mean that your small group member can't say, hey, you're better than that. I'm going to push you to Jesus. And I expect you guys to do the same. Like, I'm not better than any of y'all. Y'all not better than any of, or y'all not better than me either. So, but the thing you need to ask is, Search me, O oh God, and see if there's any fault in me. Even if it might not seem wrong to others, if God tells you it's wrong, you know exactly what to do. So we have to be merciless with dealing with our own sin. So the next thing, idols in the heart. So an idol is anything that takes the place of God. Anything that's the supreme object of affection. Because only God has that right. So boyfriend, girlfriend, small group, your life, sports, whatever, you name it. Like, whatever you want. If God's not first, then you have no power in your prayer. It's impossible. So if you have known me before, let me get some water. If you knew me before in the summer, if there's a lull in a conversation, I was on my phone playing this game. So I like to cook on the phone, not in real life, but on the phone. I was an amazing chef. Like I had my own farm. I like grew my own produce. It was awesome. And so it took me forever to build this restaurant. I won't tell you the game. It's highly addictive, and I don't want you to fall into the same thing that I did. Anyways, so if you know, if you knew me before, any little in the conversation, got check on my farm. Waiting in line at Target, got check on my farm. At church, and there's, like, offering going on. God, check on my farm. And so then I was praying one night, and I was reading this. I was reading another book about prayer because I was like, God, my prayers aren't being answered. What's wrong? And so I was reading, like, what's stopping my prayers from being heard from the Lord? And then this chapter came up, and it was about idols. And it was like, what's number one in your heart? I'm like, obviously, God. But I checked my phone. It was this game. <laughs> Then the Bible app, <laughs> and then, like, Instagram and all that stuff. But I was like, I can get rid of Instagram, but I can't get rid of my farm. Like, <laughs> who cares about media? I think my farm is real life to me. So I'm like, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. What I do, like, nobody's around. I'm trying to reason away with God, and God's like, you know what to do. And I'm like, ah! It took me months to make this, and I just deleted it. I wiped it out. And so the next day, 2 o'clock in the morning, I, Jonathan woke up and I was like, I deleted my farm. <laughs> and he was like, what? I was like, yeah, I deleted it. And he's like, why? And I was like, I just deleted it. 
<laughs> no one wants to admit when God's not your, your number one. Like, geez. All right. So the next one, check your phones when you go home. If the Bible app's not first, I mean, get rid of it. Whoever's number one, get it down until the Bible's there. So the next one, not being generous. Proverbs twenty one thirteen. This is deep. So listen. Whoever shuts his their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. This is serious. So even being a missionary, you have to support raise. That whole process, I was like, how many times have we not given? And now we're asking people to give. Just like Scroggins said, when you have something, the Lord gives you enough to share. Are you sharing? Are you being generous? If someone, even if someone's on the side of the road and you don't have any cash, are you praying for them at least? Are you giving them what you can? John, 1 John 3.22 says he answers prayers because we keep his commands. The generous man is a mighty man of prayer, but the stingy man is a powerless man of prayer. God can't do anything with that. Unforgiveness. We're called to love one another. And we forgive. We're forgiven as we forgive. So who are we if we're saying, God, forgive me, but I'm not going to forgive. I can't forgive Ryan because he called me out. I can't do it, but I want you to forgive me. It's like, that's, that's not going to work. Just like Jonathan said, if, if we do that, we're hypocrites. It'll be like the manager who was forgiven all of his debts. And then we turn around and say, give me what's mine to your servants. That, how do you expect someone to want what you have if you're a hypocrite? How do you expect anyone to walk in those doors with you if you don't live the life that you claim to live? Right relationships. We need each other. There are no long wolves. Again, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. I'm going to keep saying that to you guys. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. So you can't be afraid to tell someone when they're not in the trajectory of Jesus. So if someone's fly is open, I would, if my fly was open, I would hope someone would tell me. Or if my shirt was like funny, I would hope someone would tell me. So the only thing that it hurts, sometimes it does hurt, but the only thing that it hurts is your pride. So there's this, um, I teach this to my small group and one of my closest friends, oh, anyways, <laughs> she was so good at this. I'm like, sometimes I wish I never just showed you this. Anyway, so I went to the store and I got this new dress and it was so good. It was like the best dress. But keep in mind, I came from a school where I had uniform, couldn't wear shorts, couldn't wear skirts, like no v-neck. So coming to college, I was like, freedom. But then becoming a small group leader, what you do, they do an access. And then I learned really quickly, okay, I can't be doing everything that I was doing. It took me two years to undo the whole legging thing. Like, everybody was wearing leggings with short shirts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you can't do that. Anyways, so it was Sunday morning. We had a joint small group. So all of our, all of our, uh, college age students from church were in the same room. We we're doing the same Bible study. And so I'm coming in with my new dress. It's so colorful. My favorite color. It was awesome. Fall. I got my boots and my tights. And then I said, everyone look at my dress. And then she said, Oh wait, is that a dress? That looks like a t-shirt. And I was like, <laughs> like I had nothing to say. And there's not, there's no rebuttal. Because it was the truth. I was just like hurt. But the only thing that was hurt was my pride. Because I shouldn't have worn it. It was just a little too short. 
in a little too, it was a little too deep. Even though I had tights, it was like, whatever. But if you have a right relationship, even after something like that happens, you should be able to still say, that's my sister and I'm grateful for her. Or my brother and I'm grateful for him. The last thing, doubt. James 1, 5 through 7, not asking in faith without doubting. So, do you guys know that you're a child of God? Yes? Great. So, if we don't, it's going to be really hard to ask him for something when you're coming to him in prayer. So, we have to believe that we're accepted by him in order to believe that our prayers are accepted. There's, again, there's nothing you can do to make him love you more and nothing that you can do to make him love you less than he already does. So, when we come to him, we have to come to him in freedom because... To be honest, he already knows where we failed. He already knows our shortcomings. He already knows what you did last night or last week, whatever, whenever it was in the secret place. He knows. So the thing is, he's our high priest, and we can find mercy and grace anytime we run to him. So run. Don't hide like Adam and Eve. Can you guys imagine, though? Imagine Adam and Eve, after they've done the deed, going to God and saying, I'm sorry. We, would be, we wouldn't be this. Can you imagine that? Like, and the Lord only wanted that. He only wanted them to come back to them. He wasn't going to say, I know what you did. He already knew. He just wanted them to come back to them in freedom. So Hebrews 4.14 says, come boldly to the throne. So you can't, keep, you can't let your sin keep you from the throne room. Even the guilt of not seeking him after you've countered him. Like, so if you get saved or you're like, I'm giving my life to Jesus. I only come to small group once a semester, though, so I can't show my face. Like, I encountered Jesus, but I can't. I can't. They're going to think something's wrong with me or I'm sick or something. Like, no. If you give your life to the Lord, rejoice. Go to small group. Come to church. Do all the things. So Jeremiah says, return to me. He's not going to put you down. Even though you forgot him days on end, even though you don't come to him unless you need something, He's still there. But even David, the mighty man of God, doubted his identity in the Lord. Psalm 6, he says, Rebuke me not in your anger. My soul is vexed. How long, God, deliver me? He could have just gone to the Lord and said, like, I'm here. I need your help. But he's like, rebuke me not. Because he did something wrong before that. So, like, God's like, I know. Stop. Don't waste your time. Come to me. He loves you with the perfect love. So what that means, pray at all times, pray when you're happy, pray when you're sad, when you're depressed, when you're in ecstasy, when you're on G Fuel, when you messed up, his his love is full of mercy. And so he's waiting, just like Borum said, ask him to abide and his divine heart will instantly and eagerly respond, instantly. You come to him and he's like, boom, I'm here. I've been here waiting for you. Those who are without his presence are those who do not desire his presence. And we can always have him if we will. So basically, if you don't want to pray after that much, I don't believe you want to pray. Because I think that was pretty good. And I'm not just saying, I think that was pretty good. Those, none of those words were mine. They're from smarter men. So, after you know the hindrances, let's get to the hearing God part. Super simple. Three steps. That's it. Yes. No, wait. So we express our challenges and our concerns, and he gives us answers. But sometimes we get upset because it's not the answer that we want. 
So he speaks through the Bible. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. He speaks through the air, through your friends that love Jesus. He speaks through your leaders, your circumstances, and even his voice, which is by far the most scary and peaceful thing I've ever heard in my life. I was sleeping one night, and it was like, bam. I was like, what's that? What's that? (laughs) But then I'm like, oh, he's here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're all filters. You know, okay, I'm a filter. You're a filter. So God's speaking. We're all attached to his Wi-Fi. We're on. We got the code. No more hindrances. Now what? Okay. So say, God, I'm praying, and then God's like, refugees, Madison. And I'm like, Madison. You should go work with the refugees in West Texas. Just because I know, like, there's a need. Maybe that's not what God's saying. Maybe he's saying, go work with the refugees in South America. I don't know. So the thing is, like, we are all filters. Sometimes you hear something, it's 20% God and 80% us. Or 90% God and 10% us. But the only way you can tell is if you know him. So he said, my sheep know my voice. And the only way you know that is if you actually spend time with him. So we need to be good discerners and understand that the Lord's time is the best time. So when we ask him, we need to trust him because like Andrew said, he surveyed the universe. He understands the best thing for us and he would not hold anything good from us. That's, it's only our choice that we don't have what, we ha- what he has for us. So the thing is, Do we actually trust him in that his dream for us is bigger and better than ours? Do you really believe that? Sometimes I don't. (laughs) It's a little hard to. But it's always better when you give it to him. It's always better than what you imagined. So if you're hungry, pray. If you're hurt by a friend, pray. If you have terrible circumstances, pray. If you're abused, pray. Anything great or small, Let your request be made known to God and then give thanks because Thanksgiving and peace are like one thing. So I'm going to brag on Sasha. I her sometimes her circumstances aren't the best. But then when I was talking to her, she was like, I just want to thank God because I'm getting closer to him through this stuff. And I'm like, what? I would be like, God, what are you doing? But she's just like, I'm just so thankful. I'm thankful that I get closer to him through this. And I know he's going to supply every need that I have. And I was like, wow. I can learn from that. That's really good. So pray always. Pray without ceasing. Thanksgiving is inseparable to prayer. It's literally connected. So the cool thing, nearing the end, God does nothing but an answer to prayer. So even when people give their lives to the Lord, someone's prayed for them. But sometimes it's rare where God's like, I want you, and then come on. But most of the time, it's every single person in here, someone's prayed for you. Someone prayed for me, that's why I'm here. And it's a a reality. I know it's true because when I was in college, I prayed for this guy named Jack for two years, and I didn't know who it was. It was my friend's brother, but he was in high school at the time, doing Lord knows what, I won't say, but he was just not in a good place. But literally every Sunday night we sat and we had time for for prayer for him. And we prayed that God would move in his life, that he would get connected, that he would serve him, that he would dedicate his life to him. And you know what? When he became 18, he came to Sam. He got plugged in a small group and he stuck. 
which is rare. But <laughs> when you're related, it's rare when you're related. Not really, but anyways, he's stuck in a small group. He became a small group leader. He started, he became a missionary for Chi Alpha, and he's still walking with the Lord. Can you imagine what it would happen if, what his life would have been like if we weren't all consistently praying for him? Who have you prayed for? Who's your Jack? Like, who, who's not sitting here right now? Where are they, what are their names? Like, have you prayed for them? Have you prayed that they would actually experience the power of God? Sean, Sean Smith says, close and continual fellowship with God will in due time leave its mark and manifest itself to those around us. Have you left your mark anywhere? If I showed up tomorrow in your class and I asked the person who sat next to you if if you knew Jesus, would they say yes or no? That girl be partying, drinking. Do you you know what I'm saying? Do people know that you love Jesus? That's a real thing. How How do you expect someone to want what you have if you don't show it? If you're ashamed of God, he'll be ashamed of you. So, if you love him, you would do what he desires, right? Yes? So, do you guys know what this is? These, these are the, what are these? What is this? Yes. The altar. Have you guys ever been? Do you know what it's for? Have you been to the altar? Actually. So, the altar is a place, if you want more of God, you're getting out of your comfort zone. And you're saying, God, I put you first. I put you over what people think. Because sometimes people think, like, you give an altar call and then you come up. It's like, oh, oh, they must have had a bad week. Ah, I'm watching them. No one's thinking that. FYI, no one thinks that. But it's not for that. It's everything. If you're hungry, if you're sick, if you're tired, he says, come to me. And I will give you rest. I'll give you peace. And that's what this is for. It's to give thanks to him, to tell him you love him. So if you've never been, highly recommended. 10 out of 10. So, okay, you might know these lyrics. If you do, this is my pre-Jesus time, but it's okay. God, show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. The only thing that I pray is that my feet won't fail me now. I don't think there's nothing I can do now to right my wrongs. I want to talk to God, but I'm afraid because we ain't talked in so long. Do y'all know where that's from? Yeah, Kanye West. Anyways, he talks about war. Jesus walks, his song, clean version. He talks about, <laughs> what's the clean version? He talks about war, about knowing God and how God hears him when he's weary. He's like, oh my God, he hears me. I'm so tired. He knows I'm so tired. I need God. The world needs God. But you know, at the end of the song, he's still lost because he never actually went to him. He never talked to him. He's found now, but... Then he said, I want to talk to God, but I'm afraid because we ain't talked in so long. How many of us are still sitting in our jail, sitting in our jail of depression, of sickness, of apathy, of anxiety? The door is wide open. We're just making this little place our home, putting those flowers that are cut, that are already dead, still blooming though. We're sitting here saying, God, I'm stuck. But he's saying, I died so there would be no more doors. There is no lock. You can get up and walk out at any time. So if he's so faithful and his word never fails, why don't we pray? Why don't we come up here and just thank him for being our father? Have we ever done that? Do we ever just get out? 
like anytime, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be at the end of the service. It could be at the beginning of the service, whenever. He just desires us. He just desires more of us. He wants to be wanted, just like all of us want to be wanted. Isaiah 55, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. For those who cry out, says in Luke, he will avenge speedily. For those who cry out, he will avenge speedily. So I don't know if you guys know, probably not, but we, Jonathan and I, worked for a church before moving here, and we let worship, and we let worship at our Chi Alpha. And before that, like a few years before Eli Stewart, you would have, I would have just been like, I hate worship, I hate music, I hate everything. So I grew up in church, and I just like, I gave the Lord my life, but I said, you will not have my voice, and you will not have my prayers. And so I literally would stand and just, we're singing holy, holy, and I'm like, when can I go home? And so that literally was my whole life. Just standing there, not even giving the Lord something super simple or even praying out loud. I didn't even do that because I'm like, he doesn't need to hear my prayers. I can do it in my mind and it's fine. I don't care. But coming to college, I did this worship class with Eli Stewart and we, we learned the guitar and then we had to sing. And then my friend was like, so are you going to sing the song? And I'm like, no. And she's like, you need to sing the song. You're learning. He's giving you this time. Like, you should actually do what he asks. And so I'm like, okay. So I was at her apartment, and then I tried to sing, and I couldn't. I couldn't even open my mouth to say Jesus. And I was like, what's wrong with me? And so I started praying. I couldn't even, like, I was like, the devil has my tongue. The devil has my tongue. I can't do anything. I'm like, I'm trapped. The reality was I had my own tongue. I didn't let the Lord have that thing. The devil doesn't have anything. He does not have control over you or your circumstances. We give him that right when we don't go to the Father. So, you you know, we always get pumped up and fired up for Saul and for altitude. And it's like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to worship tonight. We're going to pray. I'm going to go to the altar. I'm going to get changed. But do you guys know, like, he's here right now. You don't have to wait. He's here. When's the last time you actually got out of your seat and was like, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I don't care. I don't care. I'm just going to go love God. I don't care if no one's clapping. I'm going to clap too. I don't care if no one's lifting their hands. I'm going to lift my hands too. When's the last time you've actually done that, you know? He gives us what we need at all times. So can you guys stand as we start to close? So all that being said, if you want God, or if you want to work on your relationship with him, or if you're hurting or broken or sad or happy, it really doesn't matter. Just, if you want God right now, just get out of your seat, come find a place at the altar, come show him that you love him. You don't have to wait for the music to start. If you really want God, come down to the altar. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid, because I can tell you, if you're ashamed on that day, he's going to be ashamed of you. Who are you, he's going to say? I didn't know them. I never knew them. They never knew me. He says, oh, that my people will return for rest, to give thanks. 
to spend time with me. Father, I just pray right now that you would just let your Holy Spirit just cover us. Cover us as we're just desiring more of you. Would you just sit in our hearts? Would you rest upon us? Would you take our burdens away? Would you give us peace? Would you fill our souls? Those empty desires. God, would you would you plant your desires in our hearts? Lord, would you give us visions? Would you give us dreams for you, God? We want more of you, Father. Would you meet us here instantly, eagerly? I know you're waiting, God. Would you meet us here?